if you didn't take that job, would it have been a better job or had married that other person that you dated? Would you be divorced by now and on to your second or third marriage? Or would you have ended up happier than you are now or moved to another place? Welcome to the Only Child Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Wallace. Have you ever felt like you didn't receive the how-to brochure on life? That you didn't get enough guidance about major life issues? So did I. You don't have to be an only child to feel this way. In my podcast, we'll explore some of the best ways to better navigate adulting while doing so with humor and light. Welcome everyone to the Only Child Diaries podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about life choices. Are you happy with the choices you've made during your life? Have you consciously thought about the path your life is taking? I started thinking about this last night when I saw a post on Facebook that an acquaintance of mine had passed away really a lovely woman who used to live in our apartment building. I rarely saw her, so rarely, in fact, that I often wondered if she still lived there. But when I did run into her, our conversations were always positive. She had a good energy, but also a sadness hung over her. She had definitely had some things happen to her to make her sad, but she persevered. She was driven to teach ballet. And from what I could tell, she was an excellent teacher. From the comments on Facebook, from people who knew her, she was inspiring. And that's a good thing. Then later last night, I heard from my cousin, or as my mother would say, her cousin. When I talk about Barbara, I always want to preface it by saying she was my mother's cousin. But of course, if she was my mother's cousin, she's still my cousin, just maybe once removed or however that works. Hey, I'm an only child of two only children. I need charts. And then today, I found out that a friend of Gina's, my friend who passed away in 2018, passed away today as well. Jill had been dealing with cancer for a while. Oh, cancer sucks. I think maybe they thought she had it beat there for a while. I didn't know Jill very well, but that's three people I found out about in 24 hours. It makes you think. It makes you think more about your life choices and certainly other things, especially as you get older. Now, when I talk about life choices and the path our lives take, I'm not talking all it's a wonderful life kind of thing. I mean, maybe I am sort of, <laughs> but this topic really got me to thinking. You'll remember when I was growing up, I really didn't get a lot of input 
or direction from my parents. I was kind of on my own. I wasn't what you would call an excellent student. I had good attendance, and I listened in class and took notes, but I didn't spend a lot of time studying. I admit it. So mostly I was a B average student. Maybe if I had applied myself, I would have done better, <laughs> but I always just kind of skated on through. I guess that's pretty good for not really trying. Of course, when I got to college, I couldn't skate through economics. No matter what I did, I had a hard time with that. It was my first F. Actually, it was my only F. <laughs> At least I can say I experienced that too. For whatever reason, I started taking weekly piano lessons when I was eight years old, and I studied the piano for 10 years. I don't remember exactly why I started taking the piano. Was it because I wanted to? I think it was more that my mom wanted me to do something like that. My parents found a really nice used piano to buy, and we got it to our home. We still have it here. I don't think anyone has played it in years, decades, actually. I think about trying to play it, but do I even remember how? My mom played the piano, so maybe that was part of it. Every week, I would go to Mrs. Dunlap's house, and she would put me through my paces. Actually, I have to say that Mrs. Dunlap's house was pretty awesome. It was in the next canyon over, and it was kind of on a hillside, so you had to walk upstairs to get to it, and then you'd go around the back of the house and go in the back door and wait for your turn at your lesson. She had a garden that went all the way up the hillside, and once in a while, I would venture up there while I was waiting to explore and it was pretty cool. Anyway, did I practice? For the most part, yes. I had to, or I would be really embarrassed at the next session. If I didn't practice, it would show, and I didn't like that feeling. But practicing every day for hours and hours? <laughs> no. Maybe I got an hour in. Then, it was on to something else. I remember after one of my recitals, when I was about 14 or so, I asked my mom if she thought I had any talent playing the piano. If she thought I could go anywhere with it. I think I even remember what I was wearing. My light yellow pantsuit. We were sitting in the living room. She told me that maybe I could be good, but that I didn't really apply myself. And I got the impression that she really meant that no, I didn't have any real talent. I've thought about this conversation many times over the years. What if she had told me that she thought I was talented? Would it have made a difference? 
as it was, I felt like I was kind of wasting my time after this conversation. So I didn't really try any harder going forward. I think one of the first life goals that I can remember setting for myself was that I wanted to be rich. I have to laugh at that one. But I think in specific terms, I told myself that I wanted to be a millionaire. When I look back on that, it's pretty funny now. This was probably sometime in the early 70s. Back then, a million dollars was a lot of money. Now, I would say that a lot of people are millionaires these days. If you own a home, especially in California, even if you have a mortgage that owns part of it, and let's say a 401k that you've been accumulating for a while, you are probably close to being a millionaire. But having a million dollars of net worth today doesn't seem like much in today's dollars, does it? And just because you have a net value of a million dollars doesn't mean you are liquid with those funds. So I decided to look it up. Taking 1972 figures, $1 million then would equate to seven million. $354,750 now. The inflation rate since 1972 is a whopping 635.47%. That kind of boggles the mind, doesn't it? The average annual inflation rate is 3.99%. Gosh, it sure adds up quick. So nowadays, when you dream of being rich, should you dream about being a seven millionaire? Either way, I guess I haven't hit the mark on this goal exactly, but I'm still pretty fortunate to be where I am and have what I have. When I had my store back from 1985 to 1991, I enjoyed being somewhat of a local a very local, like around the block local celebrity. Being in the store, it kind of felt in a very loose sense of the word, like putting on a show every day. At least that's how I saw it. The sales floor is like a stage. You have your backstage area, you have the lights, etc., and the set dressing, so to speak. So when I started doing improv and then stand-up comedy, it kind of felt natural, I guess. Now, I have to stop here and tell you that when I was a kid, I was super shy. I remember being shy, but I was at one of my high school reunions, and there was this guy who knew me from school who was talking to me and Bill. And he found out I was doing stand-up, and he was absolutely blown away. He remembered me hiding behind trees in the schoolyard. I was so shy. He told me that they were worried about me. (laughs) Well, first of all, I didn't necessarily remember hiding behind trees. 
but I don't doubt that it happened. I was always terrified in class that the teacher would call on me. I would have to speak in front of everyone and people were worried about me. Well, okay. I mean, that was nice to hear, I guess. So yes, it's pretty amazing that I grew up and got to the point that I not only did stand-up comedy, but also that I was ever really nervous before going on stage. I remember asking my teacher, Adam, about that and wondering why I wasn't nervous. And he said, it just must be that it was something I was meant to do. I like that answer. Part of me, honestly, considered what it would be like to perform in front of large audiences, to be, I guess, famous. One time I was at the Staples Center here in Los Angeles, and I looked around at all the seats and I thought about performing to a crowd that size. I really liked that idea. I let myself dream a couple of times what it would be like to perform for thousands of people. That's how much I enjoy making people laugh. It's a lot of fun, but it also gives you something back. It connects you with other people. But what I found is that it's easier to be funny sometimes when you aren't trying so hard. I'm a funny person. I'm also a sarcastic person, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> and I enjoy just laughing. But sometimes when you're trying to structure your funniness into very structured jokes, it gets stiff. It gets unfunny. And you have to try really hard to seem like you aren't trying, if that makes sense. You have to seem just natural. And when you're starting out, you have to do all of this in the space of about three to five minutes. You have to hit it fast and hard. <laughs> no pressure. And to get really good, you have to pretty much perform every day of your life. You have to go out and you have to be doing comedy every night. It's hard to have a husband who needs you and animals you love who also need you. All good reasons why I transitioned my love of performing and being myself to podcasting. I can say whatever I want to say in whatever space of time I want to say it in. Of course, I try to say it in a way that will be economical timing for all of you, my listeners. So you aren't just listening to me rambling on about which frozen pizza is the best or mind-numbing detail about something mundane like trash pickup. One thing about me that perhaps has hindered my ability to pursue one goal throughout my lifetime is that there are so many things I want to experience. As a result, I have dipped into many different areas during my lifetime, but have also been prevented from having great depth on most of them just because there's so many things, right? My friend Gina and I used to discuss this and sometimes argue about this. She had very specific and very limited number of goals in her life that she was pursuing. 
I guess I must have seemed very scattered to her or maybe to anyone else for that matter, who has very specific goals. Ah, well, that's what being an individual is all about, right? Have you ever stopped to ponder what would have happened if you had taken the other road? If you didn't take that job, would it have been a better job or had married that other person that you dated? Would you be divorced by now and on to your second or third marriage? Or would you have ended up happier than you are now or moved to another place? Would you have learned a new language? In some ways, I feel it's something like looking in the mirror. I remember when I was a kid, I sat in my room. I sat in my room a lot. I was an only child. And I looked in the big sliding mirrors on my closet. And I looked over onto the other side of the mirror, the reflection. Over there was another world that looked like my room but it was backwards. I wondered what it would be like to live in that room. Is that the definition of a parallel universe? Not really. It gets really complicated if you look it up. The concept of a parallel universe is actually a concept of physics, which I admit I never took in school. <laughs> that probably would have been my second F. It's something I know little about. But the term parallel universe to me just means that somewhere there could possibly be another me living a life that is either something like or not like my current life. It's an interesting idea to think about. Could we become pen pals? <laughs> Maybe they have a better way of doing some things than I do. With COVID, it's been easy to get complacent about staying home. One thing that seems important, of course, is to continue staying safe, but also to remember to grab the brass ring. Keep on living. Set those goals for yourself and your life and work to fulfill them, no matter what they are. Carpe diem. <laughs> Seize the day. That's all I've got for today. Next week, we'll tackle another topic together. I hope you'll join me. If you like this episode, please follow the Only Child Diaries podcast on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you might listen on. And consider rating Only Child Diaries and writing a review. It helps others to find us. Please share it with a friend you think might like it as well. Visit my Instagram page, Only Child Diaries, or Facebook, Only Child Diaries Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tracy Wallace, and these are the Only Child Diaries. <laughs> <laughs>